this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset and we've got some pretty good questions today from biohackers on YouTube and Facebook and email. So let's start with Harnam. For some reason I feel like I'm mispronouncing that name. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry, dude. Okay, he asked, what would you say about Cerebra Ultra? Okay, so Cerebra Ultra is one of these branded nootropic stack products, which I'm sure everybody listening to this has seen and or tried before. And I did go and take a look at Cerebra Ultra's website. And to shoot straight with you, this just looks like a total scam. This product has all of the telltale red alert signs that you see with a product that is just going to be a total waste of money and a non-nootropic. To give you a real quick rundown on those. When you see a product that has a bunch of different ingredients that are in it, and then there's no certificates of analysis, they're not actually providing you any proof whatsoever that the product contains what they're marketing it to contain. Their website had no information whatsoever about the people behind the company. And looking on their site too, their website had various errors on the website. So it, di it didn't look like they uh, really thoroughly gone through the website. The testimonials on the website were really generic. Yeah, this one just had all the telltale signs of a, of a scam product. So I would say no, and I would encourage you to check out the article. I actually wrote a very thorough article on how to, I've wrote a couple articles about this, come to think of it. So I'm going to encourage you to read those articles thoroughly and then start making decisions about what you want to spend your money on and what you want to put into your body. So I'm going to link those articles below this, uh, below this, below your question on this podcast post, which you can actually find on the homepage of Limitless Mindset. Dot com. Next question, we heard from Grant H. And it was about modafinil. And he was saying, it's perfect if you get a puppy or have a baby and aren't able to sleep through the night for months at a time. First of all, man, what, why are you letting a puppy bother you? Like, if, if I ever get a puppy, I am that little guy is not going to mess with my sleep. That, that puppy is just going to have to deal with nights on its own. However, a baby's a very different story. And I, I have a number of friends and relatives who'd ha who have had very young children. So I am aware that they just are really detrimental on your sleep cycle. And modafinil can be really great. I'm, I'm sure that modafinil can be a real lifesaver for new parents. But I'm going to suggest that you 
keep your modafinil usage limited to about three, four, maximum of five times a week. And this is because modafinil and uh, armodrafinil as well, for a lot of people have a, a fairly steep tolerance curve that will kick in. Perhaps you've experienced this yourself already. And there's some other smart drugs that you can use that have a whole lot less of a tolerance curve and they have a pretty similar effect on your vigilance, on that, that wakefulness. First of all, I'm going to direct your attention to tyrosine. And tyrosine is a really safe, really affordable, really proven nootropic for wakefulness. I've used this on a number of occasions when I was operating on very low sleep. Like the night that I did ayahuasca in the mountains of Colombia, actually that morning I got zero sleep and then that morning what I did was I came back and I did a couple of grams of tyrosine and then I woke right up and proceeded to have a very productive, very normal day on zero sleep. And tyrosine has a whole lot less steep tolerance curve than modafinil. And then I'll also direct your attention to rhodiola rosea. And this is something that a lot of people have kind of called a herbal alternative to modafinil as a wakefulness agent. It's, it's an herb that has a really nice energizing effect. And I was updating my article, my really thorough article that I did on Rhodiola rosea. And I came across a study where they had used Rhodiola in populations of uh, night shift working hospital personnel. And it really was helpful for them to stay alert, stay energetic, and do a really great job on limited sleep with a weird inverted wake sleep cycle, which is, which is pretty similar to what new parents or new owners of very high maintenance puppies might have to deal with. So good luck with your, your newborn slash puppy. We also heard from Christopher M. And he wrote and said, if you don't have a reverse osmosis water filter, you don't know that fluoride decreases IQ and accumulates in the pineal gland. And he shared a study with me, which was developmental fluoride neurotoxicity, systematic review and meta-analysis. And so to quote from the abstract of the study, in total, we identified 27 eligible epidemiological studies with high and reference exposures, endpoints of IQ scores or related cognitive function measures with means and variances of the two exposure groups. Thus, children in high fluoride areas had significantly lower IQ scores than those who lived in low fluoride areas, which is kind of what you'd expect if you listen to Alex Jones on Infowars.com a lot, isn't it? So the conclusion from the study was said the results support the possibility of an adverse effect 
of high fluoride exposure on children's neurodevelopment. So thanks for sharing this. Boy, boy, that's troubling, isn't it? It, it, it makes you just really wonder why, why the heck they put fluoride in the water ostensibly to help with the, the teeth development of, of uh, young, young children. That one, that one I just don't have a real good explanation for without really going into flights of fantasy. And to be honest with you, Christopher, this is kind of a biohacking area that I have neglected somewhat as I've been a digital nomad these past five years, traveling the world, bouncing around from city to city and country to country. And I do make something of an effort now to find Airbnbs, hostels, apartments, hotels, temporary lodging, where they advertise that they have filtered water, but I don't always uh, consume, and I cer certainly don't always bathe in filtered water, which I know can be an issue. So what I did actually was I started a discussion on longevity.org saying basically, hey, if you're a person whose lifestyle is just not conducive to, you know, living in a place where you have a water filtration system installed, What's, what's your best option? Is it to just try to always drink bottled water? You know, personally, I, I pick up San Pellegrino water whenever I go to the grocery store. But again, it's just, it's not always available. So you may want to check out that longevity discussion. And there might be some, some, some other options in there for people that aren't always able to get their hands on really good uh, reverse osmosis filters also mentioned, so your comment was about the IQ impact and the study was on children. So we should not make the assumption that drinking water with floor, drinking imperfect water is going to affect an adult's IQ negatively or uh, positively. I think the, the point that the study was making was that it affected children developmentally. So in that respect, the study contains a very profound parenting recommendation, which is that you should have really good water that you're serving to your children, which is kind of bad news to all of the adults listening to this who likely grew up in an era when this sort of thing was nowhere near the public consciousness, right? So this is why I would suggest that everyone do things that are going to increase their IQ. IQ for the longest time was thought of as a very static thing. It was thought of as something that didn't change at all, that you were kind of born with it or that, you know, after your childhood, it was pretty much locked in. And as biohackers, we now know that there's some, some options for improvement. Notably, one of my favorites is dual end back brain training, but also things like reading voraciously, learning second language, doing meditation practice, things like this will increase your IQ. So if you're a person like me that had pretty good parents, but they just didn't know about things like this when I was growing up, I would 
encourage you to do take advantage of these other biohacks that are available to augment your IQ. Moving on, we heard from Johnson in Singapore. And he had contacted me originally. He was like, okay, man, I live in Singapore, which is like a really difficult country to get nootropics in because they have some of the very strictest narcotic and anti-drug laws of any country in the world. And I was like, well, what's, what are you looking for, man? What's, what, you know, what, what are you hoping to get from nootropics? And he said, I have great trouble sleeping at night and I was looking for something to boost my energy during the day and help with my anxiety. Any recommendations? Yeah, I have a lot of recommendations that will not involve entanglements with the draconian Singaporean uh, import, export uh, officials, police, all of those people that you really, really don't want to <laughs> have anything to deal with, right? So I'm going to recommend meditation to you. 20 minutes of meditation, it really can make a pretty big difference in your ability to get to sleep at night. It slows down the mind. It gets that that background hum of stress that so many of us have, especially people living in mega cities like where you're in there. We have this background level of stress that we just become totally accustomed to, and it really does hurt our sleep. And Meditation is something that helps a whole lot with that. That's also going to help a whole lot with your anxiety. And you were mentioning energy during the day. So my recommendation for you as far as energy would be similar to Grant, would be Rhodiola rosea. And since this is an herb that's been used for just thousands of years, I think it's been used for thousands of years there in they're in Asia even. I, I imagine that rhodiola rosea is something that you can probably buy pretty easily there in Singapore. And it's probably something that you could even order from one of the vendors that you'd find on Limitless Mindset. And it's so safe. It's the kind of thing that I wouldn't worry about at all. So I would recommend, yeah, start with the cheap uh, low-hanging fruit. Start with the things that are demonstrated to be highly effective for what you're dealing with. So rhodiola rosea and meditation. We heard also from Andre on Facebook, and he said, I read your articles regarding dual end back and your experience with the game, and I have a question regarding your experience. Do you have a strategy playing the game or do you just try to stay focused at all costs? And he said, I want to begin using this tool and I am clueless regarding this aspect. Some people say that you should use a strategy. Other suggest the intuition aspect. Others say that just focus. Thanks for your opinion. Appreciate your time. Yeah, Andre. So... You, you just want to focus as intensely as possible on 
the dual and back task for the duration of those sessions. If there's any kind of uh, strategy that you would employ to it, I would say that you want to banish from your mind thoughts of anything else other than just keeping track of the little block that's moving around from position to position and the letters and numbers that you're hearing repeated. And I, I first started doing dual end back and I really mastered dual end back, got all the way to the seven back level when I was living in Medellin, Colombia. And I had a, <laughs> an acutely dramatic social life at the time and perhaps I, I had the wrong stuff in my diet and perhaps my testosterone estrogen levels were not an ideal balance because I, I remember just being frustrated and irritated about really petty drama in my, in my life and in my relationships at that time. And when I sat down to do my dual end back practice, I used it as a mindfulness practice and I was like, okay, I'm going to just force my mind to stay focused on the little blocks and the little noises and I'm going to not allow my mind to dwell on this petty stuff that's going on in my personal life and I'm gonna and and that's what I did and I ended up getting really good at dual end back which definitely improved my short-term memory short-term focus and has given me a degree of grace and tranquility that I've been able to bring forward in dealing with uh, petty drama and those sorts of things. Anyways, I hope, hope you found that helpful. We also heard from Nick. He said, hey, Jonathan. So after a year of having it, I've just finished my first 100 gram jar Fenibut from Lift Mode. I will be purchasing more this week from another vendor to try out. I just wanted to ask if you have any other recommendations on other drugs I should get. I loved everything about Phenibut, but I was surprised at how well it actually worked. I was taking between two to two and a half grams per dose with great effects. Do you know of any other drugs that work as good as Phenibut? I'm looking to experiment with new things, so I'm not necessarily looking for something with the same effects, but just something that actually does work, so I don't feel like I've wasted my friggin' money on these weird powders and things that people promise so much on the internet for, and then you get them and you're totally disappointed. Okay, I added that, the dramatic parts of that. But he said, your advice would be greatly appreciated, and thank you for making these videos. Yeah, Nick. Fenibut is, is friggin' great, isn't it? I think what you're saying here is you're saying, hey, you know what, for the effect desired, which is being low anxiety, which is being able to have a unfiltered, uh, an unfiltered personality in social situations, Fenibut is really best in class for that particular effect. And you're like, what would be best in class for say focus like if you just wanted to if you had a really complex thing to study for school or you had a complex thing you needed to figure out at work and you wanted to be really really 
focused. Well, for that sort of thing, I would recommend phenylparacetam. It's, it's a little bit more expensive, but it seems to work really consistently for focus and for cognition. In my own self-experimentation, along with the research that I did for my meta-analysis of phenylparacetam, it just worked really consistently for dialing up cognition and making people uh, be really kind of myopically, intensely productive on one thing. Let's say, for example, for memory. I would probably recommend for long-term memory. So this is being able to, you know, reach back five years, 10 years, 15 years, to be able to reach back and, and have quite the, the grasp of the, your life experiences, to be able to have your uh, semantic memory really uh, just instantaneously open to you. Because, you know, you want for your, your memory of facts, data, information, we want that access to that memory to be like Google. We don't want it to be like the library where you have to go and search down aisles and aisles of books and look through a card catalog. We want it to be like Google, right? Where you just put your demand out there and then instantaneously you get the answer back. And that is how a lot of people describe paracetam's effect on their long-term memory. So, okay, so phenol, I'm, I'm trying to think of things. I, I, I can't promise you that everything is going to work great for you. You know, this is, this is why biohacking is a uh, deeply individual pursuit, because you need to go out and try different things, try a variety of things, and one out of every 10 things you try, or one out of every five things you try, is really going to work great for you, like like uh, Phenibut has worked for you with the, actually you didn't say how specifically you used it. And well, let me make a final recommendation. Nicotine works very consistently for putting you into a more creative mode and for activating what's called the default network. The default network is a more technical term for the capacity for the this this great human capacity to come up with really great ideas and solutions out of the blue you know how you'll be stuck at like a red light or you'll be in the shower and you'll come up with just a great solution to some problem or some issue that has been racking your mind or that you've been researching. This is the default network working and nicotine has a, a real effect of giving some more power to this and it's really quite consistent. So those would be a couple of things that I would that I would recommend that I think work with a real high level of consistency along with ooh one more the adaptogens notably those, the top three adaptogens that I talk about so much, Rhodiola rosea, Schisandra, and Eleuthero, these will make you a bit more energetic and they'll make your body a little bit better at managing stress. And those ones work, 
those ones work really, really consistently, and they're pretty cheap, great, great bang for the buck. So I hope I hope you'll try some of those and report back to us. And then final question I'll answer today, we heard from Dr. Gregory House, a likely name, a likely name. He said, how do you recommend one to take paracetam with alpha-GPC? What alpha-GPC dosage relative to paracetam is it recommended you take alpha-GPC every day? So the ratio recommendation is uh, four to one. So you're doing four grams of paracetam, one gram of alpha-GPC. That's that's the number that's the kind of like the recommended mean dosage but alpha gpc is a little bit of a of a fickle of a fickle performance enhancer and this is because of this acetylcholine system that is so essential to our minds and bodies working everyone's system is is quite a bit different there's there's quite a bit of a biodiversity with this and some people will take a very small amount of alpha gpc and that's all they need like me personally i will do rather large quantities of racetam from time to time and all i need is just a little bit of alpha gpc to make sure that i'm offsetting that overstimulation of the Racetams, but some people really do need it in that one to four dosage. But for me personally, if I did uh, alpha GPC, if I did paracetam to alpha GPC in one to four, I would end up being a little bit too tired. I'd end up being a bit under motivated that day. So I wish I could give you a really cut and dried answer to this one. Start with uh, four to one and see how that works out for you. And but you really are just going to have to do some experimentation over time. I will link to the Paracetam protocol. Thanks again, everyone, for the great questions. And as always, looking forward to a continued conversation with you. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.